Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. So we've been going through a sermon series uh, for quite a while now on Acts. And as uh, we were kind of as a preaching team kind of going through where Acts is heading and kind of seeing some, uh, seeing some places in which we were like, hey, maybe we actually need to take a quick stop and a break because there are some things that are just kind of happening in my own heart and my own kind of what's really going on in the scripture. And so we this week are taking a break from Acts and we are going to dive into a topic that uh, I think has to push us forward into next week. And uh, it's the whole idea of what scripture does. And as we looked into uh, Paul going into all of these new areas, we see right away where Paul is using scripture to change people's minds on, no, this is the gospel now. This is where it's going. We thought it was all about this, but it's really about that. And he was using scripture. And so then I was sitting there going, man, how do I kind of take a, a break from this and go, well, scripture is really important because you all kind of know that, right? Like scripture... Scripture is important. Like, I, I don't think I have to do a 30-minute a discussion on why and how and all that sort of stuff. But as I was going through it, I was thinking to myself, wait a second. Well, what about Scripture? How about, hey, maybe we need to take a break on looking at how to study Scripture, how to memorize Scripture, how to evangelize using Scripture, how to live scripture out daily, like the Ten Commandments and all that. And so it really got me started thinking about where we were headed. And then two weeks ago, I had a little bit of a, uh, a break from Glasgow, and I went up to Beartooth Christian Camp, and um, we had a pastor's prayer summit. And I, I never know what, I, it was the first one I've ever been to, but if you've ever been around pastors, sometimes um, the old guys seem really stuffy, and the young guys seem to not care right? And then I kind of find myself in the middle because I'm stuffy and I don't seem to care sometimes. But anyway, uh, if you knew a lot about me, I kind of am a nerd uh, when it comes to just loving talking about scripture and all that sort of stuff. And so I had no clue what was going to happen in this weekend. Okay, so uh, I packed my bow because I needed to set up my, all my pins because I had accidentally knocked off all my bow pins. And so I had to reset it thinking that I was going to have all this time while I was praying to do my bow. And I did get up to my 40 yard, just to let you know. But, uh, and then I took my shotgun because all pastors get together. And when you're up at BCC, you love to uh, shoot skeet. So we were up there doing that. Packed my tent, packed my lantern, packed all these different things, right? To be ready to go for, for prayer. And I know how weird that sounds, but I decided that, man, I wanted to just be in a tent, and by every single night it got down to 44 degrees, which was amazing. I wish my house could be that way uh, when I sleep. But amen, did I hear an amen? Yes! Uh, but uh, so I... I knew that I just wanted to be by myself, and every year we have a theme uh, when it comes to uh, the Pastor Prayer Summit, and this theme was praying through Scripture, using Scripture as our prayer guide. And I was just starting to go, this is unbelievable. It fits right into kind of where I think we're headed, and, and looking at Scripture and going, all right, this is going to be my guide of how 
to pray. But before we do any of that sort of stuff, I, I want to launch us into really looking at uh, 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. And so if you have your bulletins with you, I, I want you just to uh, write down these blanks and, the, and then we are going to spend quite a bit of time uh, with each other uh, praying today. And so I know right when I say that, right, like we're going to pray together as a family and all that sort of stuff, you're thinking to myself, oh my goodness, you're going to make me do this. Trust me, it'll be okay, but it is going to be something that uh, we're not used to and uh, definitely I'm not used to. And so uh, I think this will be a really good day and I'm looking forward to it. And so let's pray together. God, as we open up your word, would you let it do exactly what you want it to do? It is, it is from you. We believe that scripture is completely inerrant, without wrong. And it is, it is written by you and you have spoken to men's hearts. God, would we not take that lightly? Would we not just look at it as a bunch of words on a page, but that we would soak it in and we would desire it's goodness for our lives. So, Lord, we thank you. We ask that we would see something new today. Open our hearts. In your name we pray. Amen. So today I only have one slide. That's it. Just one slide, not multiple slides is going to come. And it all comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And it starts out with this. All scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture is breathed out by God. This is an amazing theological point for you guys to realize that 66 books, thousands of verses, thousands of words were all written by God. There are a lot of people out there that say, hey, wait a second, I don't know if scripture can be reliable or anything like that. And I'm telling you, this book is phenomenal if you think about the years in history that are involved in this, that all of it is breathed out by God, that all of it is inspired by God through the Holy Spirit, and the, page, and the things written down are truth of who God is. And it is profitable for teaching. So the very first thing that you can write down is, here we go, profitable for teaching. Right away when we saw Paul and some of his stuff, or even, even when we look at all of the people that we've been looking through Acts, we see that constantly they're using Scripture to teach what's really going on, to teach how to live, to teach truths about who God is, to teach truths about who we are, to teach truths about how, man, maybe we live with one another. And then it goes on to say, for reproof, for correction, and for training. And so, next word, reproof, correction, and training. Sorry, training in righteousness. The very first thing is reproof. What does that mean? It means that all scripture continually goes to prove over and over again what we know about everything we see. Maybe it is even reproving kind of what's going on in our own hearts. Wait a second, that's the truth. This is the truth about who you are. 
It exposes what's going on in our lives. It exposes our hearts. And then it goes, but it doesn't just leave you at exposing your heart. It's correcting you. Here's what's wrong. Here's how to fix it. We get verses like, do not be transformed, or sorry, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not only do you have reproof in that, but you also have correction in that. I want to be transformed. I don't want to be conformed. And then it goes on, and, and for training in righteousness. The whole point of all of this at the very beginning, guys, and we've said this over and over again, is that we will never be righteous. But that's what God commands anyway, right? God has commanded for us to be righteous, but we know that through the scripture, we can't be righteous unless Jesus Christ comes and dies for our sins. And so it is his righteousness we take upon ourselves, but it is his will we live out every single day. For what purpose, though? If we've been going through Acts this whole entire time and we see this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the outer ends of the earth, all of this is for this purpose right here in verse 17, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work, for every good work. Not some good works, not sometimes I do something good, but man, God has called me for every good work. And so God, I want to go back to your scripture over and over again and go, all right, what good work, what bad work am I doing so I can maybe correct it and bring it to good work so that I can glorify you. It says it and Jesus says it also again. He says, man, let your light shine so man may see your good works and glorify your, glorify your Father who is in heaven. It's for that point alone. Not that we're just good people, not that at some point we can punch a ticket and get on with life. It's, no. I want to live for Christ. Which brings us to, okay, great, Seth, awesome, scripture, that's wonderful. But I, I need you to know something today is that if that's the truth, if scripture is all of that, how seriously are we taking scripture? Are we just looking for that verse that makes us feel good for the day? Are we taking all of scripture and going, man, I want to study it? Do we pick out the bits and pieces that help us live our lives and go, see, the Bible says this and so I'm okay? And so we came across, or I came across this new thing that, I mean, I've known it to be true, right? You guys have heard me say, hey, this is how you pray. Look at the, uh, look at the Lord's Prayer. But this idea of taking huge pieces of Scripture and going, no, pray this. Just pray over these things is, is something that has kind of really gone, wow, what if you could do that? I don't know if you guys know that I do quite a bit of counseling on during the week and most of the homework that I do for somebody right away is this. I need you, whether it's marriage advice, whether it's just their own individual advice or, or anything like that, hey, I just want you to spend this week every single day praying, praying with your spouse, praying for your situation, but every single day this week, pray. 
Some people will come back and go, man, I, I just couldn't get into it, right? I've had other people say to me, go, I have never prayed with my spouse. Don't ask me to do that. How could I do that? That's, I pray out loud. Are you serious? Or if I have had people come back and gone, man, I prayed and it completely changed my attitude about the whole situation. I love seeing how God works in this. And then I have, uh, I, I also sometimes, if there's men in, um, uh, men who I'm counseling, I'll give them this book, uh, which is uh, Disciplines of a Godly Man. And one of the first things in there is, uh, it says, do you have a prayer list for your wife? If you don't have five things that you're constantly praying for for your wife, you're absolutely sinning. And I was like, wow, holy cow, awesome. Like right off the bat, could you name five things that you need to pray for for your spouse? And anyway, he goes on to say in this book that uh, most of the time it's just, hey, Lord, please just bless good old Martha. Help her, on, help her in her endeavors, whatever she, whatever she wants to do. But to actually step in and pray for all aspects of our life. And so what would it look like if Scripture, if we use Scripture to do that today? Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It doesn't say, don't be anxious about some things. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God and so today um, we're going to take communion uh, and uh, we are also going to sit together and and pray with one another now I know that there are some of you in this that are visiting our church for the first time and you're just like, okay, this is going to be weird because I come to church and I'm coming to sit by myself and I don't need to be bothered or anything like that. But hey, I, I just want you to open yourself up to this. If there's those of you who have come into this room and gone, you're going to make me pray with my spouse right now, we, you don't understand the fight that we had yesterday before we came here, right? Now I'm going to ask you to be willing to pray with your spouse. If your family is sitting next to you, uh, man, you're going to pray with your family and you're thinking, I've never prayed out loud with my family before. Uh, this is going to be weird. Guess what? It's okay. It's okay. We, I'm not going to just let you be all by yourself, but I do want you to open up by the time I'm done talking about this. I want you to be open up to the, um, to the mindset that, man, we are all collectively together going to be praying out loud. Doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that you are going to, I'm going to make you group up into, with people you don't know. Maybe you'll be by, by, by yourself. Maybe you'll be with your family. Maybe you, your uh, spouse is taking care of the children in the children's church and you're just like, that's too much. Hey, you might be praying. Or you can find a friend. It's okay. Find somebody to join you because it's not going to be something today that we're going to open up and be like, oh man, share your deepest darkest secrets. That's not what we're doing. Today is not confessional at all whatsoever. Today is about going, God, I want to see your scripture come alive in my prayer life. And so with that, there's some few ground things that I do feel like I need to take care of with you guys because I want you to take this out of this building I want you to be able to use this in your daily life when you are with 
your family. And this is something that has been weighing so heavily on my heart that I go, man, I need to do this with my family, is taking scripture and praying through it verse by verse. There's a thing in the, uh, in the theo- theological world or the scholarly world called hermeneutics, and it's just a big fancy word for how you come to scripture and study it. There's these big words when you're looking at hermeneutics called exegesis and eisegesis, right? And so exegesis basically means we, are, we look at the scripture and we say, all right, what is the best explanation for this? And this is exactly what it means. And then there's eisegesis that says you are trying to prove something through scripture by what you think should be. And so you're going to look for scripture and say, oh, hey, this is what scripture says to back up my viewpoint. Here's the deal. We are not doing any of that today. So when we look at a piece of scripture today and maybe God is telling you to pray for something, you don't need to think, oh, wait a second, that's not, that's, that's not good exegetical work. That's not actually what it means. No, guys, we're, we're praying scripture. Let me give you an example of kind of what that means. If we, today we're gonna be uh, reading through Psalms 23 together and praying through that. And if we were to look at Psalms 23.3, it says, hey, and you restore my soul. Some of you might think to, my, to, my, to yourselves, oh, God, there is a person, a neighbor whose soul is not restored. God, would we just pray for my neighbor today that they would be restored? If I was to come to you and I was to preach Psalms 23.3 and I would say, hey, that verse is about evangelism and you guys have to evangelize, that is a horrible look into that scripture because it's not about evangelism. In fact, it's about God restoring the believer's soul. But when we're praying and we realize that, God, my neighbor's soul is not restored, would you bring them to a restoration of their soul? Because that's what Jesus Christ came to do, and we know the whole story of the Bible. Man, that's a great prayer to have. And then maybe later on you're going to be reading, if you take this home, you're going to be reading in Psalms like I'm going to encourage you to do. There are some really weird Psalms out there. For instance, Psalms 58.6, oh God, break the teeth in their mouth. <laughs> Psalms 58.8, let them be like a snail that dissolves into slime, right? And there are some of you who probably have enemies that you would like that to happen to, Right? But once again, maybe we need to take a step back and go, hey, this is before Jesus Christ. I mean, looking at it, the big overarching picture of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son, he would die for us. And so maybe you'll come to verses like this and you don't have to pray every verse, you can skip to the next verse. Or you can maybe look at that and go, God, I have a horrible heart right now. I do not love my enemies like you've asked me to. God, would you bring me to the right spot to love them like you do so that you can restore their soul? Guys, I, I love this idea. Hebrews, not this idea. I, I, I want this practice to be more in my life. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. 
And if, if it's that powerful, then I want to pray it back to God because it's his words anyway. John 6, 63 says, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. They're spirit and life. We are using today the words of God as a prayer guide. And so if you want to take this into your own lives later on, um, the kind of the guy that I kind of got this from is pretty interesting. He makes his students do, when they first come into his class, he makes them do it for four hours. And uh, the guy that said at the prayer summit, he's like, hey, um, they usually do this for four hours. I was just like, I'm not getting any of my bow sighted in, right? Like four hours, this is going to be great. I'm going to be praying for four hours. But some of you right now are going, how does anybody pray for four hours? The Psalms is a really long book. I doubt you would ever run out of scripture in four hours. And so today, maybe in working in this, sorry, in working in this in your life, pick time. God, I'm praying for 10 minutes. When you run out of time, close the book and walk away. God, I'm going to pray through a whole entire psalm. I, we did this in a group of, uh, we did this in a group of uh, four guys with me, and they were pretty close friends of mine, and so we did... Uh, um, we did Psalm 45 together. Uh, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic is your name in all of the earth, right? Psalm 45, I believe. But we were sitting there, and I mean, what's the first thing that happened in my mind? I started singing the song, right? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how majestic. Like, I started singing it. I was like, no, I got to get that out of my mind. But then, literally, we prayed for 25 minutes just on that one verse. Can you imagine how majestic is God's name in all of the earth, how much higher he is, where he's at, who he is. Maybe you, maybe you don't even get past one verse before you have to go somewhere. But it definitely beats going, hey, dear Lord, bless good old Martha, honor endeavors. Keeps me from always talking about the weather of how good it is or, or any of those things. But no, going back into it and going, no, God, I want you to guide and direct me. And so we're going to get into this. But the first thing that I want you to do right now is you can look around and you can invite people or whatever, but I want you to get into your family group or your spouse group, whatever you feel comfortable with, and it's okay. You can move your chairs. Um, I'm giving you permission to mess up the chairs. And so for, uh, for the next minute and a half, what I want you to do is if, if it's just going to be you and your spouse, please, please, please turn your chairs towards each other, okay? Hold hands, if you will, okay? If you need to find a friend group, get into a group of three. If you don't know each other, right, maybe spend that second going, hey, my name is so-and-so, would you like to pray with me? And or if you feel really uncomfortable, I'm giving you an out right now, okay? You ready for this? If you feel super uncomfortable, you, it's okay to leave. 
Okay, nobody's going to sit here and go, oh my goodness, I don't like what's going on here, okay? Or we're not going to, I don't have an usher at the front door taking tallies, all right? So uh, if you'd be willing to do that, or if you want to be by yourself, find an okay place for you to go around here. It's okay. And then we're going to pray through Psalms 23 together, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to walk through it with you guys, and then we're going to take communion together. Okay, and so here's the deal. I'm giving myself right now until 11.10. And then uh, at that point, we'll take communion. So if we get through Psalms 23, the whole thing, that's great. If we don't, that's okay. And so on your marks, get set, go find somebody. I'm going to go with you guys uh, verse by verse, okay? And so it, it may take my group a little bit longer. It might take you a little bit less. But uh, I will, once uh, my group is done praying for that first little part, then I'll go on to the next part and I'll just guide you guys, okay? And if you don't have anything to pray about after that, it's okay. Just, just sit there in silence and, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get with each other, all right? So, for instance, I'm just going to give you guys um, a little bit of an instruction. In Psalm 23:1. the Lord is my shepherd. God, thank you for being my shepherd. Thank you that your son came and sought the lost, the lost sheep. I, I am your sheep, God. Would you please let me allow you to be my shepherd? God, shepherd my family. Lead them not in temptation. Shepherd my children. Show them where to move. Show me where to move. Any changes I need to make, God, would you let me to know these changes? You are my shepherd. There you go. That's what you could be praying. That's an example for you. And then, and then we'll move on, and, and I'll give you an example to pray, but uh, we'll start with this one right here. The Lord is my shepherd. Go ahead. Yeah, pray out loud. It's all right. The next verse in that says, or the next section of that says, I shall not want. Maybe your prayer can be, God, I've never wanted or I've never needed anything. You've taken care of everything. God, would I not look towards other things, but I would, would I look to you for the things that I need? Psalm 23, 2 says, he makes me lie down in green pasture. Maybe there are some of us in this room who just need rest. Maybe there's some of us in this room who, um, who've just been on this treadmill of just trying to do so many things and it doesn't seem to be working. Maybe we can rest in God's goodness. Maybe we can rest in the fact that God does give us everything we need. But he doesn't just make us lie down anywhere. He makes us lie down in green pastures. Green pastures are where we find the healthiest grass, where we find the ability to be nurtured by God. And, and maybe we have walked away from his word, the things that nurture us the most, or walking away from his forgiveness that he so offers to us. Whatever that might be, would you just, would you pray this scripture to him that he makes us lie down in green pastures? The verse continues to go on and says, he leads me beside still waters. What in your heart is not quiet? What in your heart is not still? Do you realize that, that Jesus calls himself the water of life, that we would never thirst again? And so... Um, maybe there's people in your life that aren't beside still waters. Maybe they've been trying to churn up things their whole entire, their, their just whole entire existence. And so would you, would you pray that scripture that he, he can lead us to the place 
of quiet waters. And the last thing that I want us to focus on this morning is Psalm 23.3 when it says, He restores my soul. If you have unquietness about your soul, if you have come to a point where you are so unrestful because you have unforgiveness or you have, um, you've not been truthful for some, with somebody, would you just ask God to restore your soul? David later on in another psalm says, Lord, please don't take your spirit away from me. He, he knows that his soul needs to be restored. And so is there, is there somebody that you're harboring something against? Is there somebody who has something against you? Have you gone to them and asked for forgiveness? Have, do you need the Spirit's help to be able to do that? Is your soul unquiet this morning? It's a perfect segue into communion, and so would you just, would you speak to God? And, and if your soul isn't quiet, or if your soul is quiet, would you then rejoice? Would you give God the glory in that prayer of his goodness to you? The psalm continues to go on. He leads me in paths of righteousness. God, what's not righteous about me? Lord, I want to glorify your name in my life. And even goes on to say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God, whatever comes my way, I know that you are with me. Whatever, whatever valley that you're walking in right now, you can tell him about those things. Because he is with you and his rod and his staff. Because he's the good shepherd, he takes care of you. And they comfort me in those moments. And I love this one. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's all these things around us that are trying to destroy us, to try to take us away, but his goodness is still there for us to show everybody. I mean, we continue to go, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I know that we could spend way more than 20 minutes praying about this, but I want to tell you thank you so much for being willing to take this time to be able to pray, to do something that's not always the easiest thing to do. But if I want to be a person who says scripture is completely breathed out by God and is perfect for doing all of those things that I talked about before, for correcting, for reproof, for showing us righteousness. for getting me ready for every good work. And I want to spend time with the God who's going to do that. And so if you never know what to pray or you think, man, how do I pray? Take some of these Psalms. If you want a little bit of a guide, I can give you a guide that says, hey, you pick five every day. Well, not five, all five, but you can pick one of five for every day. There's 150 Psalms. But even just looking at the scripture and thinking even about what we're going to do right now. And Paul says, for the Lord's Supper, he says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remember, remembrance of me. 
Just that one verse right there could allow us to be praying for hours. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. If there's one thing about reading scripture, it is that we can continually bring it back to Jesus Christ over and over again and make much of who Jesus is. The whole story is about Jesus and his redemptive work. The fact that Jesus broke his body for us is for us to continually remember the fact that we are made righteous because of that. And it goes on in the same way also he took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Man, that's unbelievable. The new covenant. There was an old one, but a new one has come because of Jesus Christ. I don't have to slaughter animals anymore. Which if you'll come into a psalm, it'll say, hey, can you, can you smell the aroma of the offerings that I've given you to Jesus or to giving you to God? No, God, just thank you so much for your son. You've made a way for me. And remember all of these things. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It goes on to say, let a person examine himself then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Even just in the prayer that we had that, man, God restores our soul. If there's anything you need to work out this morning, whether it's you've never fully trusted in Jesus Christ or you're just kind of just been going through the motions, this is your chance to be able to say, God, would you just restore my soul today as I take this bread and drink this cup? And so we're going to have just almost like every time we have, we're going to have a, a line over here and Jed and Amy Kirk are going to serve over here and Virginia and I will serve over here. And, and as you just come up, you can come at any time you want. We're going to sing the song, Here's My Heart, Lord. And if you can't get up, that's okay. Just raise your hand and Darren will come and uh, serve you. And uh, we're going to take communion together. And so you can come up, you can, you can take communion right there. You can come up and kneel at, this, at the, uh, the stairs and just focus all on Christ. You can go back to your seats and take it when you go back to your seats. But thank God for the scripture that we have. Thank God that we can look through scripture and, and pray through it and go, man, I, I can see your work in our lives over and over again. So the worship team will pray, uh, play through with us. They'll sing. They'll sing that song as many times as you want because they love it. And, uh, and when we're done, I'll come back up and, and I'll, I'll pray again. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you so much that your son died on the cross for our sins so that we could have newness of life. We thank you for your sacrifice, Jesus, your body broken for us and your blood spilt out to cover us so that we could be seen as righteous. 
God, help us not neglect your word. Help us to not walk away from this day going, oh, that was just something cool. But God, that we would take this as an active part of our lives and go, the scripture is important. And we want to dive in and we want to pray to you. So God, where there is healing that needs to be healed this morning, would you heal? Where there's restoration that needs to be restored, would that happen? And God, where there is our hearts to lay down in front of you and say that it is yours, Lord, would that happen? Would your Holy Spirit reign in our lives, Lord? In your name we pray. Amen. Just come when you're ready. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at GlasgowEC.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.